Howdy, folks, and welcome to the tailgate. For those of you just joining us, we're on a road trip across America to uncover the mysteries behind tall tales, fairy tales, folk tales, fish tales, and urban legends. One interview at a time. And today's a departure from our regular supernatural guest and whatnot. Uh, what we got with us today is an author and fellow podcaster, Connor Flynn from Bigfoot Anonymous. Man, how you doing? I'm doing incredible. Today was my off day. The Browns clinched for the first time in 2002. Nice. I've been drinking since the morning, yeah. so I'm feeling great. <laughs> and the Packers, baby. That's the way to do it. Yeah, go Pack Go. We did it. I mean, by the time this actually comes out, it'll be old news. But, you know, <laughs> yeah. in the moment, we're <laughs> hey, we're feeling good today, um, and that's all that counts. For sure. So, uh, Connor, right. we are real thankful to have you on the show. What uh, what are we all drinking today? I got myself here uh, a new Glarus. It's um, the Totally Naked, which is just a nice little uh, blonde ale, real good for the summertime. Plus, it'd be something to do. You ever go to you ever go to Seattle? They got the naked bike rides where you like paint your body, you go bike ride. Uh, that sounds awesome. I've barely been out of Wisconsin, so. Oh well, it well it's a, it'd be a good place to drink. It. Okay, <laughs> anyway, whatever it it doesn't matter. Um, I am drinking a Garage Brewing Co. It's out of California, a marshmallow milk stout, Ooh. and it is kind of just tastes like a regular milk stout, but it's uh, yeah, seven point one ABV. Pretty good. That's awesome. That that sounds delicious. Uh, <laughs> I'm drinking a Budweiser that has been in my fridge since July. Yeah. Hey. And it has a little bit of a sour taste, but I think that uh, is exactly <laughs> what I've been looking for. There ain't no shame Age in that. Age like a fine wine. Yeah. Look, a beer is a beer. And, uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you'd be like, it's a, it's a fine, fine vintage Budweiser. <laughs> to be honest, though, I mean, if it's Budweiser... I mean, the flavor will probably taste Yeah, the same it's way. gonna be fine. I'm I mean, sure. I've had a Coors that's been floating around for a year, and it honestly just tastes like a Coors Light. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it sure is nice to have a fellow cryptid enthusiast and a traveler on the show. So, you just launched a series of books Murders and Madness, Big Brother, Bigfoot, and Eerie Swamps. Could you tell us a little bit about them? Yeah, man, it's been my life's work. I've been a uh, writer pretty much all my life. I have a little journal that I've been keeping since I was seven years old. So Mm. since 1999, I have scribbles of mine uh, promising myself to be a writer. So I've really just uh, finally lived up to my own standards and my own plans. But uh, yeah, I released Eerie Swamp's Road Trip to Eden just uh, about a month ago. Mm. And it's been such a ride, man. And it describes my journey from Lake Erie down to the Florida swamps. And then the final uh, chapter hopefully leads us to the Garden of Eden because down here there's a a popular trail called the Garden of Eden that has 27 of the 28 trees in the Bible. Gopher wood is also known as Terea and the only place that Terea grows is in this park. And Noah used gopher wood to build the ark. So somewhere there is sacred ground in that area. That is fascinating. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. And it's a it's a under the radar gem around here. And in the '60s, it was flourishing and had a nice pavilion and everything. Mm-hmm. But uh, of recent times, it kind of you know fell to ruin and has been hit by hurricane and uh, by a tornado and a lot of civil war deaths happened over there so it's it's sacred ground and stained soil so i i try to return as as much as i can but i tread lightly when i'm over there you i mean all right do you think you reckon it's got any connection i mean i know this is probably a a non sequitur but I know uh, some, some friends with the Mormon faith, they also believe that the Garden of Eden was, was probably, I think, in Utah, but yeah. that the Garden of Eden was in the New World as well. 
well, like with modern day America. So do you think there's any crossover between the two beliefs? Yes, I definitely think, I think there's crossover between all beliefs. They even say that like the beliefs of it happening over in the Middle East uh, may have been carried across. So I think just interpretation has been twisted and turned so many times. Hmm. But uh, here it's the delta that breaks into four rivers, like the good book says. And uh, there's only two places in the whole entire world that are like that, Siberia and uh, right here in Florida. So, hmm. you know, it all leads to the Holy Land is right here in these hills and valleys. And what's wild is, you know, you know, Florida is mostly flat ground. So when if I just yeah. dropped you in this area, right on this trail, and you had no clue where you were at, you would think you might be in Oregon or the Adirondack Mountains. You know, it is not right. like the Florida <laughs> swamp vibe sure. right here. But then there's a desert vibe and then there's deep valleys. That Florida scrub. It is a crazy world. It is uh, like stepping into Alice in Wonderland. Nice. I mean, okay, speaking of Alice in Wonderland, um, <laughs> Alice in Wonderland uh, is known for falling down a rabbit hole into another world. And and uh, I've, ta- I've spoken with you before. I believe you believe in, in the hollow earth theory. Do you think that could connect all the gardens of Eden? Like if, if someone across the world in the Middle East believes in the same Garden of Eden and we all kind of have these shared ideas. Do you think it's because there's some like uh, hollow crisscrossing? Definitely. I think all caves and uh, labyrinths below and the aquifers below, they all connect. And the pillars of Earth have caves that are thousands of miles deep and long. And there's underground cities and worlds. And there's an internal sun inside our world. And maybe that's where uh, heaven and hell are maybe inside it is something definitely special and i believe that there are portals and caves that can connect different parts and of different continents and that's called stargate yeah it definitely definitely (laughs) i believe there are way more continents uh than they tell us they tell us there are seven there are six if if we don't count uh antarctica Mm. because that is like the final frontier but then based on maps Mm. i've seen and testimony from admiral bird uh medal of honor you know, award winner. Yeah. He has seen land beyond the poles. He has found continents beyond what we know to be our world. Mm -hmm. And it's just so fascinating. And people want to box us in as earthlings, but I I don't have much time for it. Our soul is worth so much more than we've been giving uh, credit to. Sure. Yeah. Well, I got it. So I got a, I got a kind of a, I guess a hypothetical. So we have, we've interviewed uh, mermaid before on our show. So if there are oceanic civilizations, would that count also as continents? Do, or do they have to be terrestrial? You know what I mean? Like if there are like civilizations underwater or say underground, uh, maybe in a, in a more terrestrial way, underground like caves and stuff, you reckon those still count as, as uh, continents? Because they have, you know, teaming with civilization and life and whatnot? I would say so, because I believe there are hundreds and thousands of continents. So just throw the word continent out the door, because they tell us seven. You know, there are lands and terrestrial. I love how you said that, you know. (laughs) Terra means land, yep. and you know terrestrial. They they tell us mm. like extraterrestrials. Oh, they're from other other worlds and four hundred fifty light years away. No, they're from extra land. They're from the extra land masses, either underwater or beyond the ice wall. But yeah, definitely, man. Mm. I I know. No, we. Oh, so this is a. Uh, I mean, not super on. Kind of on topic. So uh, I, I've been a big, big uh, fan of role-playing games since I was in, in high school. I was in board game club in 
college. But Aaron, I introduced him to, to role-playing actually through a role-playing book series called Hollow Earth Expedition. And that, Very true. Yeah, I was terrible at it. You were fine. That was actually my first time DMing as well. But yeah, so there is actually even a role-playing book where like the sun is the core of the Earth and um, the rotating Earth. You ever been on those like UFO rides at... Uh, at a carnival, then you know, like the, the as as things spin, you kind of get stuck to the side. You have your own gravity, so that's kind of how gravity works in the center of the Earth. Um, uh, it's still a spherical Earth, but that's kind of how they justify the gravity within the world. And uh, well, obviously, while a lot of that is pitched as fiction, you're supposed to be playing a pulp adventure thing. I mean, in theory, it could still work similar, you know, to to that. So. It's kind of cool how, like, all these different mediums, you got, like, you know, Kong Skull Island and the Godzilla, the, the big monster franchises kind of have that Hollow Earth vibe. And you got, you know, even even role-playing books that use it. Or the Underdark as well. Skyrim. All these things have underground worlds and stuff. So it is a popular theme that I think seems ridiculous on paper. But, like, we buy into Like, we can suspend our disbelief for it pretty easily. Yes. I, I think it hits us on a deeper level than we could even experience you know we just know it in our souls and bones i've kind of talked myself into a little bit of a trap because i mentioned to a mormon friend of mine about the hollow earth theory and then he ended up giving me a book of mormon Mm -hmm. which is awesome and then he set up a meeting Mm -hmm. with two Mm -hmm. elders and now they you know he loved talking to me and check it up on me and they give me pamphlets and it's heavy stuff you know and i'm like (laughs) jesus i'm just trying to learn about spirits i'm not joining any church I'm really interested in paranormal sure. stuff. Not yet. Yeah, exactly. Not yet, you know. <laughs> All right, so so we spoke before about both having lived in Polk County, Florida. Me being from Winter Haven, I think you lived in Lakeland, Florida, which is like, I mean, that's like the classic part of Polk County. You all got like theaters where Elvis played. You got a big old mall, Target, I mean, Starbucks. Y'all got some, some heavy-duty stuff in there. But I think, actually think Winter Haven got a Starbucks not too long ago. But anyway... <laughs> so I know that, you know, Polk County not being any stranger to, to the likes of Lake Clinch, Monster, Spook Hill, Skunk Ape Sightings, you've got haunted theaters. So during your stay in my neck of the woods, you witnessed anything funky yourself? Yeah, every single day. Well, originally, you know, I, uh, <laughs> I, yeah, I moved up. down to Florida <laughs> to uh, referee flag football. And then I lived out of my car mm-hmm. uh, oh. for a few a few days. And then I, I created a couch surfing mm-hmm. profile. And the first people that accepted me were this punk rock band that just got accepted into Orlando Fringe Festival. And uh, I got hired in as the stage manager. But since the very first day, uh, we had group meditations and a lot of stuff based towards uh, Aleister Crowley. So we were messing with some dark arts. And the whole musical was incredible Mm. because it had witches and swamps and holy grails and wild potions. And we stayed up Mm. all night playing D&D and really doing uh, things that inspired the mind. And we'd go to graveyards. And then we had a thing called Glass Corner in our kitchen that we ended up just breaking a bunch of glass and all these plates. And it was such a release because when can you act like that in a house, you know? And uh, we were all about pushing the boundaries. So, of course, word got around town about, oh, glass corner. So literally, we were infamous in Lakeland for the the one, the strong (laughs) 12 months, you know, that we were going at this. But, yeah, it was so wild. Think about like a parallel dimension where they're living in this house with this real nice Real nice flatware, and suddenly y'all come busting in, shoving, breaking everything in the house, and they are like, "Oh shit, we got a poltergeist <laughs> yeah. now." 
And that was people, you. People was would you. bring their uh, their plates and glasses. Like they knew about it and it would bring stuff that actually meant to them. But breaking it made it live forever. But of course, we spent a lot of nights camping mm. and uh, went to Spook Hill and Bach Tower and played at some of the yeah, dingiest ta- uh, awesome. bars in Tampa and Ebor and St. Pete. And <laughs> every day was something crazy. And it was just everything I really needed. And there was this guy across the street that, sadly, he uh, lost his wife. He would dress up as his wife and push a stroller around with a little baby in it. And we called him the shapeshifter. And that was spooky. But a lot of the stuff, we were the we hmm. were the main ones with the target on us, you know, just playing loud, crazy, <laughs> angsty music. There you go, man. Nice. Well, I mean, I know Polk County, too. I mean, there's a lot of supernatural stuff we live alongside. But one thing I, I mean... One thing I think people take for granted about Florida, uh, or maybe just completely skip over it if all they think about is Disney World, is you also live alongside, like, not supernatural, but regular natural. Like, you go to even Bach Tower, I mean, you're going to be walking, and there'll just be a snake next to you. You know, you go on a hiking trail mm-hmm. in Florida, there's just going to be a gator on the side, or heron flying overhead. Like, it's just kind of part of what it is. And I, I like that a lot, actually. Yeah, rattlesnakes around the corner. There's huge hogs pretty much everywhere around here in the panhandle. And we used to always walk around the neighborhood, <laughs> and we'd see the shapeshifter and alligators and, and everything. It was it was awesome. And we were thrown in thrown <laughs> to the swamp, you know? The swamp's a beautiful place. Yeah. I'm, well, I'm not going to lie. I, think, like, I mean, not to get political, but I can't stand when Trump says, drain the swamp. It's like, no, you wouldn't, like, burn... You wouldn't, you wouldn't burn the rainforest. Like, the swamp is, like, a thriving, beautiful right. ecosystem that I grew up in. So, I'm like, you better keep that swamp. You better right. keep the swamps. Keep the swamps. They, I mean, they smell, and, like, things will kill you. But, like, not normally. <laughs> but that's, it doesn't normally kill that's you. That's life, baby. But I just don't like the, yeah, kill the swamp. No. I mean, would you say, like, melt the tundra? No. Melt the tundra. That's fine. No, melt the tundra. <laughs> time to melt the tundra. tundra. like, man, leave the swamps alone. Like, all right, all right, all right. I feel like I feel like like Shrek here. Like, no, keep my swamp. All right. So, so Polk County is one of the many dots on the map in which you've lived. So, can you tell us a little bit about the different places that you lived and your travels in around through? Yeah, yeah. Well, first and foremost, I lived in Cleveland, and I lived in Brunswick as well, a town right outside of Cleveland. I grew up there and lived Mm -hmm. there for about twenty-four years. And then uh, moved to Bowling Green for a year where I lived on campus at Bowling Green University. And there was tons of ghost stories there. And I uh, studied film and we did a couple of good psychological uh, thriller movies and had a lot of wild times and recorded a lot of music and did a lot of wild university stuff. So uh, it was cool living out there. But uh, then I ended up moving back home. And once I... uh, you know, finally moved out of Ohio. I lived in Lakeland for a while. I stayed in Melbourne. Mm. But then for for the summer, we went on a road trip, couch surfing and just camping to L.A. and back. <laughs> so we stopped and uh, stayed oh, in nice. New Orleans, Jackson, Mississippi, um, Dallas, nice. Albuquerque, New Mexico on the way back. Nice. Um, well, you Las, the 20. Cru- Las Cruces, New Mexico on the way across and then Phoenix. Then we stayed in Los Angeles for a while and luckily made it all the way back. But I saw a lot of incredible stuff and it's a lot of it's documented in my books, the Bigfoot books, the mysteries around the corner. Hmm. Um, the original Erie Swamps is mostly on the East Coast side, you know, Florida and Ohio mysteries. Yeah, but yeah, it all it all really blends together. But I, I really plan 
to uh, move to Ireland, the homeland, once all this wild stuff is done, because I have a lot of family out there, nice. and I'm going to achieve my dream living above the pub and working above the pub. That's the way to do it. I uh, just made a TikTok, you know, so the Russians and the Chinese are spying <laughs> on me, and I, I held out for a long time, but, you know, it's all about getting my message out there and, you know, getting the word about my books. Yeah. And I TikTok's can't, Chinese, I can't, ain't it? I honestly don't even know. America's the ones we have to worry about. Yeah, they're Chinese because they pulled it. They pulled it from India because they were having a problem it's with all, India. It's all this NWO. It's the New World Order to me, you know. Sure. So Hulk Hogan, Scott Hall. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, NWO mm -hmm. and just wrestling in general have had so many like conspiracies behind them and things that they foreshadowed. You know, they were talking about nine eleven before it even happened, and it's crazy, crazy, crazy mm -hmm. stuff. So, so along all your travels and meeting up with all these amazing sounding people throughout all of it, what do you think it is about cryptozoology that really unifies people from all these different walks of life? I think the outcasts can dive into this because it's the unknown and there's just that feeling that you're doing important work and it's still undiscovered. We're explorers of the modern age and there's something inside of that. There's a special energy, but it all goes back to just being an outcast and also being comfortable with yourself. You have to have a set of cojones to go out there and talk about <laughs> Bigfoot and the Loch Ness Monster and that you're fishing for mermaids, you know? But in reality, it's it's right there the for mermaids me. are fishing for you. That's what we found exactly, out. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And people, you know, they rush to street side shrines and they go to church every Sunday. And I'm not knocking that, but their Bible talks about the same stuff we're talking about. So how about we stop laughing at each other and we just tackle the truth and and just fight for the soul? Because I'm all about that. I yeah. was actually going to ask that that question next, <laughs> but you fully answered it. Because I, as I was thinking today about this uh, interview coming up, where, um, you know, people people love to, to stand and point and laugh at at the, the people in the world who really take cryptozoology seriously and really go out and, and search for Bigfoot and, and Mothman and, and Skunk Ape and all of these yeah, different cryptids, okay. but then go to church and, oh boy, I'm going to get a lot of flack for this, but basically just do the <laughs> same thing, you know? Definitely. Leviathan, behemoths, and giants are definitely part of our right. religion. That was And that was a, a great uh, sentiment you had there about let's all just stop laughing at each other and just live our lives you know i like that i appreciate it man yeah. I, I, good chat you said it way better than i did i don't know why i repeated the whole <laughs> no thing. no it's perfect man I, I say it twice for the people in the back man dude i've held the bone of a giant in my hand i've never seen curvature i deep sea fish you know every other week we go 22 mm. 22 miles out you know I'm I'm not just po yeah. I'm not yeah. pointing to Google. Google is like the number one thing for the NWO to push you know the agenda. So <laughs> right. it's like, but also but also like it's one of those things where where like even if and again I I really just I feel like religion can be a punching bag sometimes. But if you're religious, like a lot of the stuff is, is on the crux of faith. And um, if you you know so if you believe that 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 Earth is six thousand years old, billions of years old, millions of years old, flat, round, square. A lot of it has got to do with what your faith is, and I feel like as long as it ain't got hurt nobody next to you, I mean, who gives a shit? Yeah. Like, love what you love, believe what you want to believe, see what evidence there is, and man, make the most out of it. But like, people don't got to go through, you know, out for your throat just because they might not agree. Or, you know, 
I don't know. Definitely. I feel like I a lot feel of people fight way. over stuff that, yeah, I mean, faith is faith. I don't think your faith is better than mine. I don't know. I agree. I'm tired of the so, bullying, you yeah. know? So, speaking of your books, you got the book uh, Eerie Swamps, which I think is one that is nice because it covers so much ground. I mean, I don't think Lake Erie touches Wisconsin, but it does go on up north of the Great Lakes, <laughs> which is your stomping grounds, she said. And it goes all the way down to the Florida swamps, which are my stomping grounds. I guess you can only really stomp more like swimming grounds. <laughs> um, we are at sea level. Swimming um, grounds. Yeah, yeah. Bacteria grounds. Anyway, so I'm going to read an excerpt real quick, if you don't mind. from That's awesome. Eerie Heck yeah. So you wrote, my grandparents own a 180-acre farm in Ohio near Wheeling and Moundsville, West Virginia. I'm sure I'm butchering those names because I no perfect. There. But there have been many. <laughs> oh, yeah, really? perfect. Moundsville, yeah, Wheeling. All right. Um, there have been many Bigfoot sightings in Ohio Valley, but the ancient burial grounds are the most interesting. There have been hundreds of skeletons evacuated that are proof that giants exist in Americas. Now, okay, so that's the excerpt. Um, I'd like to talk about the proof of the giant skeletons because super fascinating. And since the earliest pioneers here, I mean, tall tales have been spun about giants like lumbermen, Paul Bunyan. You got the Mariner Old Storm along. Dozens of, of Native American stories. I mean, of course, and, and, and the stories of giants go back towards pre-biblical times roaming the land. Um, so the burning question is, if there is an abundance of evidence, who or what is keeping it from public knowledge and why? Like, what would be the purpose of it? Yeah, uh, well, the Smithsonian is definitely responsible, and the government, of course, and just all the people that are holding uh, humanity down. Because if we knew that our ancestors were giant and had special abilities, and that they were, what, exterminated from this land, then we would have an uproar, and we wouldn't even be able to, you know, move forward as <laughs> society. It would just all shut down That's a because. Really good point. Education has been totally whitewashed and none of it is true and honest. So they've already wiped out the giants who Abraham Lincoln has wrote about. I have narrated over 200 newspaper articles that are authentic that talk about the excavations from all across America in other countries, different decades, different newspapers, different parts of the newspaper. These are authentic news things. And I have held the first metacarpal thumb bone of a giant in my hand, petrified. I have mm. bones of it, video of it. I've seen, yeah, it's, I've seen it on your Instagram. Yeah, and I have pictures in all the books and everything because I am so sick and tired of people saying there's no proof or anything because Scott Carpenter and David Pilates, they have over 150 samples of DNA and then I've held bones and, I, and my buddy has seen a, a shoulder blade of a giant and then I'm from Ohio. There's more than 10 thousand mounds in ohio in the Colaboki mounds in mm. georgia what i was just at it's a pyramid 150 feet tall does anybody talk about pyramids in, in america no because it's it's wiped uh, well, actually, under actually wiped under the rug actually we got a dashboard chat coming up that does talk about uh the 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 folks the the nascheck nation where they actually yeah there, there are actually even like a lot of the native folk have i guess it's not a, not a traditional pyramid because uh, it's not like you can't go within it. It's not there's not chambers in it. But people would actually have like structures, and once they become kind of dilapidated, they would build a mound over it to build the next structure. So they're actually, I think it's the 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 Pac-Man, the the pack the Plaquemine Indians, or yeah, they would build like these pyramid shaped uh, mounds in North America that no one talks about. Exactly, and Florida's full of them too. There's pyramids. There's actual pyramids. In the Everglades, they're not talked about, but there's Native American Indian mounds all around. I was just at the Chattahoochee River mm -hmm. Mound Group, and it's seven mounds 
all six in a semicircle around a central major mound and it lines up with the summer solstice and the winter equinox and and the moon and the stars and the sun it's like Whoa. there's sacred ground all around us and no one wants to even talk about it they're trying to rewrite american culture and erase history so yeah they they totally eradicated the giants and they still exist and they're in the dense parts of the forest and terrain and the swamps and the caves below us here they, they live in new york too they are all through yeah. New York, man. Yeah. New York Giants. Yeah. New, New York Giants, no. San Francisco Giants, Tennessee Titans, Lake Erie Monsters. The sports there teams are right in our face, man. Yeah, well, in, in going along with the sports teams there, even mainstream games like Red Dead Redemption pay homage to this by littering skeletal remains of Giants and even verbal interactions with them throughout the game. Interestingly, the one you interact with says he's hiding because he's too big, which would almost certainly get him killed by those scared of what they don't understand. So my question in this ramble, if you will, is do you think that giant humanoids still live among us but are just keeping a distance like for their own safety? Yeah, like is it in tandem with the maybe the governments don't want us to know, but also maybe they don't want us to know. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, man, I don't want nothing to do with that shit. It's definitely, it's a mixture of everything because they know that if humans know there's a threat and then the government knows about them, but they just want to cover it up just because they can keep things going how they are. You know, everybody is so programmed mm. that they don't even look to the side when they're driving anymore. They look for deer, but that's right. about it. Not even half the time. They're they're going to be driving and sleeping in their self-driving cars. You know, we're, we're getting to a point that humanity is so lazy and we think we have it all figured out that uh, we're going to get in for a rude awakening. You know, there's been a plethora. Oh, I saw Wally. I know how this ends. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) We're going to be laying there drinking our Pepsis on our machines. Our little bones going to separate, barely walk. Um, (laughs) Well, back to Eerie Swamps. So one reoccurring theme that I noticed in your book, Eerie Swamps, because I've only read Eerie Swamps, um, because I'm late to the game. No, man, I appreciate it. You read it. Heck yeah. Uh, Yeah, one reoccurring theme in Eerie Swamps is for the calling for and seeking out of humanoids. You guys would, you know, beat on, uh, use branches to beat on the trees. You'd make whooping calls uh, to try to, to lure out hum- humanoids, such as like Sasquatch, Skunk Ape. Uh, but there's also that innate fear for your life upon their arrival when you'd actually hear something approaches. So uh, at one point, you even brandished a knife, seemingly kind of taken aback by the approach in Big Man. Uh, so, so looking back on all of this, as someone who actively seeks out the, these phenomenal creatures, what is your game plan upon actually meeting some of these cryptids face-to-face? Well, definitely of recent that I've learned a lot of uh, accidents and mishaps that have happened like in the Missing 401 world. People are vanishing, so now I take a little bit of a safer approach. But that is definitely still a great question. I definitely try to put uh, feelings of safety and peace out there, so... If that creature's going to show itself, mm. if it's ferocious, it's going to rip me to shreds. But at least it will know that I mean no harm to it. And uh, I don't carry a gun with me um, when I go out there. So a knife is really just for small personal protection. So they know I'm no threat. But uh, the few times that we've been approached and trees knocked down on us, we have moved quick out of the woods because you have to trust your instinct. And uh, I'm mm-hmm. I'm not really interested in getting footage or anything. I'm really just uh, trying to get the feelings of deep inside, like the bridge to the creator. And I feel like in the moment that if I can 
show that I'm pure and my intentions are just exploration and consciousness, then maybe I could be taken under some kind of, you know, tour, maybe mentally or uh, physically. Yeah, that makes sense, though. Makes sense to me. I'm I'm even like hesitant beating on trees nowadays. Like when we hiked the Garden of Eden, we're like a good two and a half miles from um from the parking lot, and it's hard terrain to get through. And there's one point mm. that you overlook Torreya State Park, right where Stacy Brown and his dad had uh, some of the best thermal uh, Bigfoot footage ever. And it's like a perfect place to do a tree knock. But I was like. I don't want to say the wrong thing because this hike back will be dang near impossible if something is trekking us and we would we would be dead. Well, let's take a little bit of a departure from Bigfoot and uh, Swamp Ape. So you mentioned a little bit ago that you did work for the National Flag Football Championships. Was this like a business or is something that you just kind of did as a hobby yeah because you said you moved for it right? yeah yeah i uh followed the tournaments i uh started doing video work so they hired me to do uh promotional videos down there they paid me to do about 10 minutes of work of filming and then the rest was partying with my friends so i loved it and that's before <laughs> i ever moved or yeah, anything that's my kind of paycheck right there. <laughs> that's the job exactly yeah, 10 minutes of work yeah party up yeah but then uh then i started refereeing for them And that has always been my passion, is just being a part of the game. But you also, correct me if I'm wrong, worked as a referee for a a wrestling promotion, correct? Yeah, yeah. Uh, XWX, it's a local one around here. Uh, When I worked at Kindle Lanes, the amusement center, they used to host uh, pro wrestling events. And Adam Rose and Bob Armstrong and Raven, a lot of, you know, decent names have came through. And then uh, I dressed as a referee on the Chris Jericho, the Rock and Rager, the Cruise. And on there, there was yeah. a 24-7 <laughs> championship belt. And I refereed a couple <laughs> of matches, quick quick pins for those, too. So uh, I was an unofficial <laughs> nice. AEW referee, we could say. I got a picture with Nyla Rose. And then I lost one with Amazing. Hangman Page and then one with uh, SCU because my neighbor took the picture. And I did a couple solo pictures with, like, John Moxley and a couple yeah. other guys and then i did I saw a, that one yeah then i did a couple group ones with my neighbor and then he ends up going swimming with his phone <laughs> and i like at the time i was pissed you know like oh, i you know no. i got over it but what? now you know so life I, has happened so it's i haven't met that many wrestlers i i met i met rick flair at a car show and got his autograph oh. like in the early 90s like early 90s now Aaron and i actually met john cena john at cena. our college yeah wow. would you rather deal with rowdy sports fans or people who would who want to argue with you about cryptids being real or not real (laughs) that's that's like the most even question for sure because it's like bigfoot's (laughs) real like look at these bones look at these footprints and then they're like he's out his foot was right there like it's literally like they are two (laughs) sides of the coin Right, like it's not your job to do either of those things. Like you wouldn't know better than they do. Right, people are so. I would say I'll put up with the sports fans because sports. You're just angry. You're just an angry sports fan. People with the crypto zoology. Like if I could show him like five five minutes worth of you know data. Like, come on, you know, mm. and then they still want to argue. I, 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 that would, what if, that would what if run me you off. Met both. What if somebody told you the New York Giants aren't real? <laughs> Oh, I'm gonna sl- oh I'm gonna God. slam them hard, man. I I I, I can start naming <laughs> one, two, three. You're gonna you're gonna ref your own. No, for sure, man. I get into arguments a lot, sadly, and uh, I bite my tongue even more. 
right, well, before we go, I want to play a little game called Can You Take Them? We're going to name a... We're going to go through a gauntlet of theoretical cryptid encounters, and you tell us if you think you can take them. Awesome. <laughs> you ready? Yeah. All right. All right, Sasquatch. No. Can you take them? No. Okay. Well, but I'll take the female Sasquatch out to dinner. Ow, ow, ow. Hey, nice. Okay, speaking of females, how about Nessie? Ooh. Can you take them? No. If I'm swimming, if I'm swimming in her water, she is gonna take a chunk out of me. And just like Bessie, her <laughs> cousin in Lake Erie, the Lake Erie monster, South Bay oh, Bessie, yeah, yeah, yeah. dude. Whenever I'm uh, t- tubing, you know, when you're in freshwater and the parents are driving the boat, they don't care how deep the water is. You're in like 120 foot right. water tubing and just dangling. Dude, there are so many plesiosaur <laughs> creatures in Lake Erie and the Loch Ness and Apalachicola River and Lake Champlain and Polk County. And, man, they're, they're all <laughs> over the baby. place. But, uh, no, I don't stand a chance against Nessie. I, I right, legitimately well, have never thought about that. And we used to go tubing all the time. Yeah. Dude, I used to go, like, uh, kneeboarding and tubing. Is, I actually broke three I actually broke three of my ribs uh, tubing behind a boat, drunk at a teacher party. I used to teach middle school. Oh, so you could not take Nessie is probably what you're saying. Well, you know what, though? Maybe it's because I bumped into a lake monster that broke my ribs, but they, honestly, I don't think they see any potential in me. They they let me pass. (laughs) They weren't interested. All right, all right, all right, all right. So, Connor, Kelly Hopskinville Goblin, can you take him? Ooh, I have a chance. I have a chance one-on-one, but I know the goblins travel in packs. They come in multiples. Yeah, they travel in packs, and they're going to come from everywhere. (laughs) But uh, we've had some encounters with some strange uh, goblin-like fey creatures, and uh, I've held my own. So uh, against one, I stand a chance. But uh, against the pack, no. But uh, I would try to be peaceful, most first and foremost. But if they showed their teeth like a rhesus monkey in Ocala, you know, it's boss the wall. I'm ready to fight, you know. (laughs) I'm Thunder Rosa. Thunder Rosa, yeah. (laughs) I like Darby (laughs) Allen a lot, too. I I was hoping, uh, if my neighbor was home, I was going to ask him to do the Darby Allen paint for me, and that would have been wild, but fun. Well, with him and Thunder Rosa together, you got a complete face paint. And Sting, you know, just Sting's just the godfather above. (laughs) Exactly. I know it doesn't fit into, like, (laughs) the face paint. He used to do the half face paint even before the crow. Right, right. Sorry, so Sasquatch is a no, Nessie's a no, maybe that... Kelly Hotsville Goblin, though. Yep, yep. All right, All right what you what you got? I, you I got I got another one from All up right. north. How about the Rhinelander Hodag? Ooh, the Hodag. Mm. Um, I <laughs> we interviewed I we interviewed the Hodag. I would try to keep my distance. Um, just because w- I've heard a lot of violent encounters in the past, so mm. I I would keep my distance and probably have a gun if I was entering that that area that uh, the Hodag lives. But yeah, I, especially I it's so it's so cold, you can only run so far. I mean, it's like you know, like when it's like freezing atmosphere, right? It's it's one thing if you're in Florida, you can run all day, but like when you're in the, that frigid like Arctic. I mean, I think I stepped foot in Wisconsin in December day two. I had 105 fever and pneumonia. <laughs> It, it, you, you remember that, Aaron? I do remember. I that. was in I was in Mall of America with 105 fever. It's like the Wendigo, <laughs> though. It takes advantage of the uh, surrounding area, you know, and you're either starving or you're right. uh, you're frozen, so you're easy prey. So, oh, but I would go yeah. with no. Well, I would be uh, dead meat. 
Well, so I would say, fortunately for you, we did interview one of the Hodag, and he actually sang pretty nice. He made some mean cheese curds. So. <laughs> he does make cheese curds. They're pretty right. good. So, uh, the Mothman, could you take him? Ooh, the Mothman. Well, I can't take him physically. But I would definitely take his sighting as a warning because, you know, the silver in silver, uh, mm. the point, the point pleasant, the silver bridge collapsed and like 40 people died yeah. after his sighting. So they mm. say he is like an omen. So I would definitely, uh, not try to fight him, but I would take his advice and I'd, GTFO. you know, I'd learn, I'd learn <laughs> real quick. I'd go, uh, go home and buckle Shoot. up and hang out in the cellar for a couple weeks. How about uh, El Chupacabra? The Chupacabra, yeah. Mm. I I would kick that little thing to the curbs. You know, it might kill me uh, <laughs> from bacterial infection, you know, from biting my leg oh, that's true. Uh, down yeah. the road. But in the moment, I would kill that thing if it was coming after one of my <laughs> animals. You know, I would never go hunting for it. But if it stepped on my ground... Uh, threatening me and sure. mine, then heck yeah, I'm I'm gonna snap that. Uh, little I think thing. it would be like that battle. It'd be like that battle between like a moose and a bear, or like the gator and the python, where like the victor still dies of the wounds. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, we're both like, dying. Oh, he may kill me, but I'm gonna kill him too. <laughs> yep, yep. And those guys are dirty, the chupacabras, and uh, they they thrive in Texas, man. When we drove through Texas, I asked a lot of people about the chupacabra, and it, it's just another species down there. You got. The wild dogs, mm. you got the feral cats, and you got the chupacabra goat suckers. <laughs> All right, so last but not least, well, I mean, actually, maybe, maybe, maybe he is least. <laughs> uh, no disrespect, but the Loveland Frog, yeah. Frogman, uh, Loveland Frogman. The Loveland Frogman, if it's one of them, I'll take them. They have a little wand, <laughs> a flashing wand, so unless they have magical powers yeah, and they spark, can just like drop sparkler. my pants or something with the wand, yeah, like a little sparkler. <laughs> if it's a sparkler and they just but, poke me with it, I'll be all right. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take that I thing. Mean, and I'm they they be might got that yeah, Yoshi froglings. tongue though, and they're pretty slippery. So you're right. You're right. If <laughs> if they pulled me into the uh into the pond. You know, and like lured me in. I think they would drown yeah. me, kind of like a kangaroo. They lure people into ponds, and then they just pummel them. And 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 if you look at it, like Whiff. a frogman, kangaroo, it's basically the same thing. Um, so yeah, <laughs> yeah, I would try to on land, yes, but in the water, dead meat, man. He'd get the tongue because he would have four legs to work <laughs> with, four hands and a tongue, right. Sure. Uh-huh. And he can he can just breathe. Yeah, you know, he can that's like a, hold his breath. That's a great good point. Rip it, rip yeah, it. but would his wand work under? You can't shoot sparks underwater, so at least his wand's out. Yeah, yeah. You can't oh, stun <laughs> Maybe yeah. him having a wand might be the difference maker. You know, I could like, oh man, yeah. That's or that's or crazy. he can just like cross the street. I mean, you ever play Frogger? It's hard. You'll <laughs> it, die. It is. <laughs> just run across the street. All right. Shout out That's to my amazing. neighbor, though. Yeah, well, she has a frog page. Yuna's Frogs and Toads. She uh, loves frogs. And <laughs> if I ever see, like, flashlights coming out of uh, my windows, I'm like, oh, Yuna's just looking under my house for toads. It's like, it's pretty classic. <laughs> she She's known, like, all through the trailer park. Like, uh, <laughs> yep, she's just the frog girl. And I love calling it a trailer park. It's like four trailers, <laughs> but my neighbor always calls it a trailer park. And I'm like, dude, like, I've been to trailer, trailer parks in Polk like they're miles long right miles Polk long, county you know? is one big trailer park yeah it's one <laughs> big trailer park 100 percent. i say that out of love <laughs> yeah well connor uh thank you so much for joining us here on the tailgate it's been really wonderful having an author on board 
And I, I can't wait to hear more about your journey. Your passion for what you do is really, truly inspiring. Thanks, man. Yeah, yeah, man. But listen, man, before you go, just uh, we can give you a minute to shout out your, your website, your your channel, your Instagram, social media, future projects, anything. Just let us know where we, where we can get your books, uh, where we can find you on social media, man, just anything. Yeah, uh, well, anywhere on Amazon, Connor Flynn, uh, if you search that, I'll pop up. But Erie Swamp's Road Trip to Eden, Big Brother, Big Foot. And then Monsters and Mysteries Around the Corner. You could get all three books, and they're a part of a series called His Story Rewinds. It's like history repeats, but rewinds. Mm. You know, I'm really into film and cinema, mm. and I've done my, my fair share of work in the field. So it's a, uh, it, you know, be kind, rewind. It all, it all fits yeah. together, you know. <laughs> but uh, you can find me on YouTube at Bigfoot Anonymous. Uh, Instagram, Bigfoot Anonymous. I do a lot of daily stuff on there, and that's where uh, a lot of my bulk of stuff's going. Uh, I just made a TikTok um, called Bigfoot Anonymous, and nice. my most recent video is me watching Antrim, the cursed film. And uh, it's so funny Man. because it everybody who watches that film dies. So everybody on the TikTok okay. video thinks I died and I have like 500 views so it's going low-key like minor league viral right now and uh it, thought, it's so funny I thought last night that I watched a cursed film because my wife and I uh had HBO Max yeah we put on we put on cats oh yeah that was that was cursed I survived though yeah I think I survived because it wasn't it wasn't the cat anus cut have you seen have you seen an <laughs> actual cat today like since do you own cats to be honest, no, I haven't. See, I did go for a three-mile jog, and I didn't see a single cat. Well, so maybe, maybe once it will like spark flashbacks or something, you know? Well, we do know. We have a friend that's a, a cat. She's a real piece of work from Scotland. Oh. Uh, uh, cats, you. So. That's right. Egyptians yeah. worship cats for a reason, man. They have special powers. They could see the other side. And uh, I think that well, yeah. is a big Beset, big protector right? for me. Beset, the, the goddess, the, the cat goddess? Yep, yep. And I know that from playing Overwatch. Yeah. <laughs> Heck yeah, who's your main? Anna, that's why. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, she has a Beset costume. <laughs> Anna, Lucio, uh, Junkrat. Yeah, I like... I know, I'm honestly, normally, I'm like a forever, forever healer. But uh, I do like Junkrat, and I like Symmetra. I like Torbjorn. Pretty much all the characters that, once, you, once you're actually good at Overwatch, kind of suck. <laughs> I like them. I, uh, uh, I play with... I mean, obviously, Anna and Lucio are pretty good. I play with Roadhog. I just stay alive. Oh, yeah. Roadhog. Well, you stay alive because Anna's got your Yeah, definitely. It, well, Aaron, you play Overwatch sometimes. Don't you You normally? Is it uh, Widow? Sometimes. Yeah, I'm not. I, I usually stick with Soldier um, 76 because he's, yeah. you know, he's the basic FPS kind of guy. Um, but I almost always get tanks and I always go with Reinhardt. So we got a forever tank and we got a forever <laughs> Heck healer. yeah. Because DPS takes forever. And honestly, only some of them are... I mean, and the thing is, if you're if you're playing Overwatch with a headset, and I play Symmetra, man, I'm just dead. But like, I she's so good, <laughs> at least at my rank. Symmetra is really great. Yeah, if you're if it's like if you're capturing the point. Wait, um, no, I'm thinking Moira. Moira is oh, the one Mo- that I yeah, like. Moira yeah. is a healer. Symmetra is the one that does like the hard light. I, I if I could rework Symmetra though, because she used to be in the in the in the support category. Mm. Um, I guess because of her shields. But if I could rework her to be a support, you know, how, like when you leave your respawn, you walk, you pass through that um, yellow field that that replenishes your health. If you pass through mm-hmm. it, mm-hmm. Uh, if she could create a shield like that, where your teammates can walk past 
through that window to get rehealed. She'd actually be a really good support. Uh, that'd be she a sick idea. She can't remote heal you from a distance, but if you come to her little door, like sure. the doors at Respawn, I actually think that'd be really cool. That would be really cool. Hmm. I hope they make an Overwatch movie soon, man. I'm really been thrown into the lore, and my buddy Bart, he named his new dog Winston, and Winston's kind of like a Bigfoot. I know oh, he's man. a gorilla, but... You know, oh, he yeah. is well, he he's has pretty, a he's pretty woke, you know, and he came for the moon. So come on. He's, but he has, he has a Yeti costume and there's even the Yeti hunt every year they have with him. Oh, so. wow. So he's a hundred percent. They go into lore all the time. Folklore stuff. It's really See, cool. That's what, that's what bothers me a little bit. Like my buddy who loves Overwatch, Winston, and then my other buddy who's a Tennessee Titans fan, both of them teased me for liking Bigfoot. It's like, dude, your favorite stuff is Bigfoot. <laughs> like get the heck out of my face. Like, <laughs> oh my gosh. Get everything you love is based off of these. I things. know dragons, <laughs> like everything. It's it's all oh, there. Yeah, stop watching Game of Thrones. Get out of here. Exactly. <laughs> Game of Thrones <laughs> is just the, the truth, man. Like, and they all watch Game of Thrones too, and they laugh at me about giants and Jon Snow and red magic. <laughs> <laughs> well, because you know nothing. <laughs> I, I know nothing. <laughs> hey, <right>? yeah. <laughs> Isn't you know what? I'm going to call it right there. That wraps it up. So <laughs> if you have any questions or stories of your own, you guys can drop us a line at the tailgate podcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at the tailgate podcast for photos, cast info updates and more. <gasps> See you later. Tailgaters. You can say bye. Peace. Peace. Yeah. I had, I had an, I had a great time guys. That was awesome. Questions is very creative and it was awesome. Right. Well worth the wait. Awesome. awesome. Yeah, dude, thank you so much for, for coming on. That's legitimately, like, I've, I've discovered a, n- a new love for people who have passion for anything. And so, like, the way that you talk about all of this stuff is is really inspiring to me. Thank you, man. And that's all I, that's one thing I stand for is just passion. You know, it might be, I'm not an expert at anything. I'm not good at anything. I'm not great at anything. You know, we're all good at something, like good at everything, you know, but um, I, passion, right. <laughs> passion is what pushes me, man, passion and just energy and just going at this nonstop. And uh, it, I have so much inspiration and I love bragging about my friends and bragging to my friends <laughs> about Easter egg stuff, you know, like we need to, insp- we need to, we need to start appreciating the stuff in between the lines and stop, stop basing it all on the news and what they tell us what to worship and what's good. Like we need to be proud of each other. We are the icons. We're superheroes. You know, you dig in, you mm-hmm. dig into it perfectly. You know, you guys are interviewing cryptid hunters and real life mermaids and, and these people walk around like everybody just thinks humans, you know, are on top of the food chain. Like, no, things get so right. strange when you actually get outside your bubble of comfort and and i'm i'm still running and trying to swim through this uh lava and it hasn't melted me yet so you know i'm gonna keep going